Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. We are currently in week five of a series called Fundamentals. Fundamentals. And golf legend Jack Nicklaus actually had this to say about fundamentals. He said, learn the fundamentals of the game and stick to them. Band-Aid remedies never last. And man, I love that quote. Because when you think about this series uh, and these fundamentals that we've, that we've been learning about and going through, these fundamentals aren't meant to be like Band-Aid fixes that we only try in our lives for like January or February. But instead, these are meant to be fundamentals that you and I stick to and that we commit to for the rest of our relationship with God. And that's what this series is all about. It's about you and I being able to have a relationship with God. It's not about religion. It's not about all these regulations. It's not about this list of do's and don'ts. No, no, no. What it is, it's all about how we can have a relationship with God, one that's consistent, one that's close, one, that, one that's constantly growing and vibrant. Honestly, one that continues to get better. And that's the big idea of this series, that a better and better relationship with God, that it's found in the fundamentals. That a better and better relationship with God is found in the fundamentals. In the first four weeks, we've talked talked about the fundamentals of prayer, uh, the Bible, purpose, and worship. And this week, we're going to be looking at the fundamental of community. Community. When I say community, I mean like, you know, like friendships, relationships, people that we do day-to-day life with. Community. And so just by a show of hands, how many of you know that community is important? Yeah? Would you say, I agree. I know that community is important. And love, in fact, I'd love to tell you a story of why I know community is important. Uh, A few years back, uh, back when I was about 15, me and my family, we were traveling back from vacation uh, from Tennessee. And uh, I, was, I was under this big comforter and I had the pillow wedged just right to where like the seatbelt wasn't strangling me, you know. And I was having the most incredible sleep of my life. I mean, it was cold outside, it was raining. So the sound of rain on, on like the car roof, you know, puts you to sleep, right? And all of a sudden I am woken up from this sleep like abruptly. Not because we've been in a car wreck, not because it was like close call and people are screaming because they thought we were about to die. No, no, no. I was abruptly woken up because we had stopped at a rest area. And apparently it was imperative that everybody must go to the bathroom. Even those who were asleep and obviously had no need to go to the bathroom. Okay. I don't know if you could tell, but your boy was a little heated when he got woke up in the moment. I remember getting out of the car and I had an attitude. I was wearing this hoodie. I threw my hood up. I didn't want to see anybody, you know. Walking to the bathroom, ignoring people, just getting there as quick as I could. I remember walking in the bathroom and I thought to myself, they only said we had to go. They didn't say we had to use it. So I turned around and walked out. Walked all the way back to the car. And like, it's, it's the South. You know, people are trying to be hospitable. So everybody's trying to be nice, but I'm ignoring everybody. I'm walking straight through the crowd. If somebody's in my way, I'm not moving. Like they're getting out of my way. There's some car honking in its horn in the background. I'm not paying attention to anything. Finally get back to the car and I snatched that door open. I got in, sat down, and I slammed that door as hard as my 15-year-old body could. I remember just looking over at my brother. He was in my peripheral. I, I gave him the stank eye just because I could. I looked over at him, and I realized that it wasn't my brother, y'all. There was somebody who was not my brother sitting in his seat, and it freaked me out. I was like, Dad, who is this? I looked up, and there was somebody in my dad's seat. <laughs> and at that moment, I realized that I had gotten into the wrong car. And I was looking at them, all confused. They were looking at me, 
like he's crazy, you know? And I said the only thing that could come to my mind, which was, I think I'm in the wrong car. You know, I feel like they were like, duh. So I remember getting out, shutting the door this time, not slamming it. I walked four car spaces over and they had literally the same car. We, we had identical cars, same year, same model, same make, same paint job, everything. So you can understand the confusion. But I remember I peeked in, I saw my dad was in the car. So I got in and sat down and I wasn't gonna say anything. I was like, man, maybe he didn't see it. A few seconds go by my dad, he looks back over his shoulder and he looks at me and he says, did you not hear me blowing the horn at you? And that horn I had been ignoring in the background was him. He saw me going the wrong way the whole time and he was trying to get my attention, but I was just ignoring him. And the truth is, guys, is that we need people in our lives to keep us from getting into the wrong car. You know, community is important. And so let me tell you three things the Bible says of why community is important. Number one is this. It's because community is God's plan. Community is God's plan. I believe honestly that this is a theme that you can see all throughout the Bible, that story after story, we see this theme woven into scripture where community is honestly God's plan. And I wanna make sure you know this, that Christianity, it is not about trying to make it through life all on your own. And I know like we live in this world today where that can be a narrative, like you are all alone, you are by yourself and you, you have to fight to get through all by yourself, that you have to you know, pull your bootstraps up and do everything by yourself, but that's not what Christianity is. Christianity is not, about, is not about trying to make it through life all on our own. In fact, let's look at what Genesis chapter two says. And God says here, he says, it is not good for the man to be alone. So I will make a helper who is just right for him. In other words, loneliness, isolation, being by ourself is the first thing. When you read in the Bible, it's the very first thing that God says, that's not good. So community is God's plan, it's not good. I want you to check out, check out what God does. He sees the problem that Adam has, right? Isolation and loneliness. And God provides a solution by giving Adam community. And not just any community, but it says community that was just right for him. And I love that. I love that idea. Another place I feel like we can see this is in Psalm 68, where it says that God places the lonely in families. And guys, this is a promise. I love this. It's a promise. It doesn't say God might. It says that God places the lonely in families. And I love, I love that promise. It's a promise that God will give the lonely family, that he will give them community. And what I realize is that for some of you, when a verse like this right here is read, that it can be very hard for you to hear that verse. Because even though that's what the Bible says, and even though that's what the truth is, maybe that's not what it feels like in your life. That maybe you walked in here this morning and you feel like you're in this season of loneliness. And you're like, nah, like that's cool. That, that verse is cool but you don't know how I walked in this morning. You don't know how I feel this morning. And so I'd love for everyone to just take a second and look to your right, okay? And I want you to take a second and look to your left. If you walked in this morning and you feel like you're in this season of loneliness, I fully believe that the people that you just looked at, that Queen City Church, that it can be the family that God wants to place you in. That the people in here can be the community that God wants to give you in this season. Why? Because community is God's plan. Number two, community has our back. Community has our back. There's this verse in Ecclesiastes chapter four, it's where I had you turn to. Verses nine and 12, it says this, that two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. 
Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And when I read through this verse, I get this middle picture of this person standing by themselves because it says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. And I imagine somebody struggling and and trying to make it through life and, and whatever life brings at them and fighting and fighting. And I see them being defeated and here's why. Because no matter how hard we fight, we can only ever fight from one front. Which means that we have this area that is vulnerable and weak. We have these areas of our life that that like we can't see, like blind spots. And the truth is that we all have blind spots. And oftentimes those areas in our life are ones that are secret. It's one that nobody knows about. It's the one that there's no light in that situation. And so it makes sense in my mind. It's like, oh yeah, of course one standing alone can be defeated because there's all these things that I can never see. And let me tell you what I've noticed. That in my life, this is what I've learned. It's that the attacks that I so often lose to are the ones that I never saw coming. The ones where I never had perspective in my life. But I want my friend Dominique to come up here. Come on. Hey, on the count of three, can all you guys say, hey, Dom? One, two, three. Hey, Dom. Hey, Dom. But I love what verse 12 says. So Dom's going to help me out here with this illustration. He's going to look this way. I'm going to look this way. Because verse 12, it says that when two stand back to back, that they can conquer, that they can win. This, this right here is a whole different fight. Because no matter how much I try to struggle and fight this way, I no longer have to worry about my back being weak and being vulnerable. Because now it's not just me in the fight. Now I have community in the fight. And here's the cool thing. While I'm fighting this way, Dominique's fighting the other way and he has my back. But it's not just he who has my back. Now I have Dominique's back as well. And so no matter how much we fight, no matter how much we struggle and strain and and try to win, guess what? We are not going to be attacked by a place that we cannot see and that is now vulnerable and weak because now we are in community and we have each other's back. And I love what that verse says. Thank you, Dom. I appreciate you. I think that's such a great picture. Uh, Such a great picture of why it's important to have community together. I love this verse in Proverbs 17 that it says, A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And this means that, that there were some relationships, think about this, that there were some relationships put on planet earth to have your back. Like that you have people in your life who were born to have your back and you theirs. Think about it this way. Part of people's calling in this life can be to be your community, to fight for you, to be a brother for adversity. And you know what, the same for you. And if we ever choose isolation, If we ever choose to do life alone, we are literally keeping people from being able to live out part of their purpose because God has called us to be in community together. You see, the question is never, will we fight? Because this is life, which means that we're always gonna have fights and battles that we have to face. No, no, the question is, is who do you have fighting with you? Because what I've experienced in my life is that in my toughest seasons, the only reason I was able to make it through to the other side is because I had somebody by my side fighting alongside with me. I had community who had my back. And point number three is this. Community brings healing. Community brings healing. If I'm honest with you guys today, this is a point that I learned a lot later in life than I really wish I would have. You see, my background is is that I grew up as a pastor's kid. And I had parents who, who taught me the importance of having godly community in my life. I'm so thankful for the way that they raised me. And they taught me the importance of having godly community, being surrounded by godly community. But just because I was surrounded by community, it didn't mean that I was doing life with community. 
And while I was studying for this, for this message, I found, I found this, this, uh, this quote that says that community is not just about being together. It's about doing life together. And when we talk about community today, I'm not just talking about sitting next to people in church. I'm talking about having people that we do day-to-day life with. That's what community is. Because you see, I had bought into this lie that since I was always around people, that I actually had community in my life. But the truth is that I was living two very different lives. I had the public gnat, and then I had the very private gnat. Meaning that I had all these secret sins that no one else knew about. Things like sexual sin, things like pride. And I remember living this way for a very long time, wondering why I could never find the freedom that I so desperately wanted. And I finally came to this point where I remember telling God, like, God, you can have everything. Like, I give every bit to you. And I remember asking for forgiveness, and I know God forgave me. Because, you see, that's the incredible thing about grace. Grace will give us second chances, but it doesn't stop there. It'll, get a, it'll, it'll give us third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances, but it doesn't stop there. It keeps going. His grace is sufficient. And I'm so thankful for that because as time went by, I still had these secret sins. I was still struggling with the same thing that I had always been struggling with. And honestly, I was so frustrated because I couldn't understand why. Because I didn't want it, but I continued to struggle with it. And I was so frustrated living in the same cycle over and over again. And I couldn't understand why I couldn't break free. And I don't know if you've ever been in a spot like that. I don't know if you've ever been in a season of life where these things that where there are these things that you just struggle with and that no matter how hard you fight, no matter how hard you try to overcome, it's like they always drag you down and you find yourself in the same place over and over and over again. But let me tell you when I found the freedom and the healing that I'd always wanted is when I realized the truth of this verse right here in James chapter five that says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And it was when I decided to actually try to live out that verse it was when I decided to take off the mask for the very first time. It was when, it was when I decided to, to, to reveal the ugly parts of my life to godly people that I trusted. That is when I found the healing and the freedom that I had so, uh, so desperately searching for. Because the truth is, is that when we take things out of the dark and when we put them in the light with community that we trust, that's when we can find the healing that, you, that we've been searching for. And so today, one, community is God's plan. Two, community has our back. And three, community brings healing. And so I know that that, that kind of community can sound incredible. It can sound great. But you may be wondering, Nat, how do I find that? Like, don't just tell me about it. Tell me how to find it. Well, our church is actually designed in a way where you can find community. Why? Because we live by this conviction that we refuse to live life alone. That we're not going to go through life without community. That we're not going to go through life without having people to have our back. And so here's three ways that you can find the right community. Number one is this, come to church. I don't want to camp out here long because you guys are already doing that. I know this can seem very simple, but I truly do believe it's so crucial. Because church is so much more than just coming in and and singing songs and listening to messages. No, no, church is about being connected with people. It's about finding community. That's why we do things like the 60-second countdown that we just had. Like, I don't know if you guys know this, but we could transition straight from worship into the message if we wanted to. We can, I promise. But 
what we believe is that some of the best people on the planet and in our city are in this room right here. And so we want to take every opportunity we can to allow you to meet those people. That's why we do the 60 seconds. It may not be long enough to get to know somebody, but it is long enough to get connected to someone. It's long enough to, for an introduction. And let me tell you when there is time to get to know people. It's before and after service. We slot two hours for our services. And not because they're that long. Praise God, right? You know, they're usually about 70 minutes. But we give all this time before and after so that way you guys can take full advantage of the lobby and meet people out there and get connected with people out there. Guys, the lobby is just as important as this auditorium. And we want you to take full advantage of that. Because what we know is that we know that some of the best people, like I said, in our city are here. And we want you to be able to find community within the church. So let's don't just attend church. Let's get planted. I know that seems like a strange word, but I used it for a reason. Why? Because we believe what Psalm 92 says. It says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord, that they shall flourish in the courts of our God. And that is our desire for your life. We want you to be planted so you can flourish. So I encourage you, like, let's, let's get planted. Let's keep coming to church. And number two, you can join the dream team. The dream team is what we call the group of people who serve within the church. And if you want to meet and get connected with people, I think this is one of the most underrated ways to do this in the church today. You know, some of the best relationships that I think you can have are the ones where you stand side by side and serve with some of the people that you do life with. I have found that there's just something so special and so unique about doing life and serving with the people that I do life with, honestly. And maybe that looks like, you know, jumping on the parking team where you are the first experience that anyone coming to our church has. Or maybe it looks like, you know, joining the setup and takedown team. You know, where, where you transform a school into a church and a church back into a school, right? Or maybe it looks like jumping in the kid, on the kids' team, where kids aren't just babysat. No, no, it's where they are taught how to meet Jesus at their level. And this is the team that I would recommend for you to jump on. Are you ready? I would recommend whichever one God places on your heart, whichever one God's designed you for, that he's called you to, whichever one you're passionate about. And we've actually designed a system to help you find which team that is for you. It's called Growth Track. And you can actually start that today. Step one is today. And we call step one, get planted for a specific reason. Get planted. And in that step today, you can hear all about our mission, the vision, the values of our church, church finances, church government. And at the end of that step today, you'll have an opportunity to choose to get planted and to make Queen City Church your home. And if you missed week three of this series, of this fundamental series, I'd encourage you to go back uh, to our podcast. You can find it on Apple or Spotify and listen to week three because in that week, Pastor Brian talks about the fundamental of purpose. And he talks all about our growth track and he lays it out so clearly about what the growth track is and how it can help you to get connected within our church and start living out a calling that God has for your life and serve on a team that you're passionate about. So I'd encourage you to go check that out. And then the third way that you can find the right community is this. Join a small group. That's what we're doing today, right? We're launching small groups. I think it's important that you know that our church isn't just a church with small groups, but we are a church of small groups. Part of the vision of our church is that you would be able to find freedom. And we believe that one of the best ways that people can find freedom is through small groups because real life change happens in real relationships. And maybe you've never jumped in a small group with us. And so maybe you're like, Nat, what does small group look like? I'm like, I think that's fair. I know that's a question I would have. And so I'd love to tell you. We use this model that we call free market, free market model, which means that small groups can look like basically all these different groups at all these different times. 
There are literally so many different groups available. There's a game night group. There are book study groups. Uh, there are breakfast groups. And if you t eat too much at the breakfast group and feel bad like I would, there's even a running group. I wouldn't suggest back to back though. That can mix for, you know, cause for a bad, bad recipe right there. But there are literally so many groups that you can join. There's so many uh, groups that you can join. And today we are launching our 13 week spring small group semester. And so right after this service out in the lobby, we are having an event called the Cereal Bowl, y'all. I know the Super Bowl's today. I know we're all gonna have fun watching it, but the Cereal Bowl can be life-changing, okay? So I encourage you to go out there to find a small group that you can get plugged into because there's a team out there that literally they want to help you. You need help signing up for a group, they can help with that. You need help finding a specific group, they can help with that. Maybe you feel overwhelmed by the fact that we already have 37 groups registered and you're thinking, how in the world do I choose just one? Well, they can help narrow it down for you for a few. The massive win today would be for you to leave uh, and sign up for a group before you leave today. It'd be for you to be able to sign up for a group before you leave today. And so out in the lobby, you'll see things like TVs with PowerPoints of all the different small groups that you can join. You'll find people who are wearing name tags with their small group name and the category that it actually fits under. We're trying to make this easy so you can know who do I talk to. Like, yeah, nope, not them. I'll, I'll go over here. Yep, that's the, guy, that's the guy I need to talk to, right? We're trying to make this easy for you. And so, you know, that's out in the lobby. And, and I want you to know, like, it's okay for you to choose like three or four. Like find three or four groups that you think you might be interested in. Go to all of them the first couple of weeks. Find which ones you like, which ones you don't. I'll give you a hint. Stay in the ones you like, okay? Like it's okay to drop the ones that you don't. That's fine. Okay, it's not a binding contract. There's no buyout. You're not gonna sign up for a group and now you're committed to being there for the next 13 weeks. Like, that would be weird. We don't wanna do that. We want you to find a small group that you're comfortable in and that you're going to enjoy. So find three or four. Find the one that you like and then drop the others. But I do believe this. I believe that you'll get the best out of whichever one you choose to commit to. That whatever group that you're gonna decide to be there and be committed to, I think you'll find the best out of that. So I realize that some of you may be here today and you have no clue which group to pick. You're like, nah, I don't know based off my interest what I would want. Like, how can I find a group? And let me tell you um, a filter, a question that has helped me in the past with that. I've asked myself this question, how do I want to grow this semester? I think that could be a good question for you to ask, for you to think through, like, how, how do I want to grow for, uh, in this semester? I think back on about this time last year, Jasmine and I, we were engaged. And so we were in the season of, uh, you know, premarital. So we decided to find a premarital small group because we want, really wanted to continue to grow our relationship in that season. And it was incredible and it was great. But let me tell you what, what it makes sense this year for us to attend another premarital small group, you know? Because we've been married for about five months now. It just doesn't, it doesn't line up, right? So maybe what would be good for us is to find a young married small group to join, to join into. Maybe that's how we need to grow. And so for you, how does that look for you? How does this question look on you? Maybe you know that you wanna grow in your personal finances. And so a financial small group would be the answer to that question. Maybe you know that you need personal freedom. And so maybe a freedom group is what you need to join this semester. Or maybe you know, you're in the season where you're like, nah, I just, I need strong community. I need strong relationships. So maybe a community-based small group is what would be your answer. And regardless of what group you choose, here's the goal behind every single one, is to get to a level where you are comfortable to share the real you, the you without the mask. And the truth is, is that we all do this. We all wear a mask. You do it, I'm doing it too. Like there's things that you don't know about me and I ain't telling you either, but I'm in trouble, but I'm in trouble if I'm not telling anyone, if I'm not telling someone. And honestly, I have people that I do that with. I have people that know the real me. 
And all of us need this place where we are comfortable enough to take off the mask and be the real us. And small groups is the environment for us to be able to do that in. Because the biggest life change, it isn't going to be found in the curriculum of the small group. Yes, you'll learn more about finances, you'll grow in that. Yes, you will learn how to live in freedom and so much more. But the biggest life change will come in the relationships that you, that you create within the small group. And this is what I realize, that for some of you, when I mention small group, it can create this tension. That like when you hear us announce that small group is launching today, and there's all these people excited and cheering, and you may be thinking, why in the world are these people excited about small groups? I think that the people who's excited are ones who've been in small group, and small groups has changed their lives. And I realize that it can be awkward, that there can be this tension and awkwardness of like, man, you know what? I don't know about meeting new people. And I honestly get it. I get that because I've been there before. I don't know if you've been able to hear my accent yet, but I am from a small town in Alabama, rural Alabama, y'all, like way down south, okay? That's where I'm from. And I was in this town that's very small and I, I knew everyone at the church. And honestly, I felt like I knew everyone within the town too. Then all of a sudden I ended up at a, at a big church where I only knew one person. And I remember the, the first time I ever heard about small groups and how hesitant I was to join one. But I made up my mind that I wasn't going to be led by my feelings, but rather by my choices. Like I was going to go to church. I was gonna jump on the dream team. Like I was going to get in small groups. I was going to be in small groups. And was that in my comfort zone? Absolutely not. And if you're on the fence about joining a small group, let me encourage you this morning. Go ahead and step out and do it. If we only do what we feel comfortable doing, we don't need God. And this is what I've learned, that God's best for us is often found outside of our comfort zone. I'll never forget the spring small group semester of 2017 when a close friend of mine named Stephen, um, he asked me to help him lead a small group. And honestly, I had never led a small group before. I didn't know what I was doing. And I didn't wanna do it at all. Like I really wanna say, Stephen, no. But honestly, Stephen, he saw some potential in me and he encouraged me. He said, Nat, you can take this next step, you can do this. And I remember being anxious and nervous and I was like, all right, you know what, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna take this step. I'm gonna help lead a small group. And so we led this young professional small group and honestly, God did something truly incredible that semester, truly special. And here's what was incredible. God showed me firsthand the type of community I could experience when I was willing to step out of my comfort zone and to go all in. And you wanna know the best thing that came from that small group? The best thing that came from that small group is sitting right there on that front row. It's my wife, Jasmine. I met my wife in a small group, y'all. <laughs> and honestly, through that relationship with her, that's how I got connected to, to Pastor Brian and Miss Heather and their family. And we started connecting and we started having and growing relationships. And then through those relationships, honestly, God started working in my heart. And God started putting something on my heart that I had never thought about before. And I was moving to help start a brand new church. And that was so scary. And there was so much fear there. And I remember thinking, man, and how in the world can I do that? But I knew that that's kind of where God was leading me. So I remember saying yes. And then that yes led me to moving to a city I never thought I'd live in to start a new church where I got to meet new friends. And now I get to do life with. And also it led me to now leading small groups here. And so it's kind of come full circle. And those small groups here has led me to meeting people like, like Jake Lamb, or like Ben and Sam Hoffman, people like Nick Brown, people like Danny Bowie 
and Jessica Hansen, and honestly, so many others. And sometimes I think back to that moment when Stephen asked me to help lead a small group. And I think, man, what if I would have said no? What if I wouldn't have stepped out? What if I would have never said yes? And what I realized is that I would be missing out on all of this right here, all of you guys, that I'd be missing out on this season in my life where I've experienced some of the best community that I've ever had. And honestly, it all goes back to me saying yes when I really wanted to say no. So let me ask you this. Why not make today the day where you say yes to finding your community? I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. I want you to ask, ask yourself this, God, what are you speaking to me right now? What should my response be to this message today? Maybe, maybe you need to make the decision to get planted in church or to jump on the dream team or to join a small group. Or maybe you're here and before you make the decision to start all these other relationships, you need to start a relationship with God, which is only possible because God gave you and I his only son, Jesus. And Jesus lived this perfect life. And he gave up his life and then conquered death and rose victorious three days later. And he did all of that for the chance to have a relationship with you and I. And so maybe today you know that's you, that you need to start a relationship with God. And we wanna give you the opportunity to make the decision to follow Jesus. And we aren't going to point you out or make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. But today, if you want to make the decision to follow Jesus and surrender your whole life to God and have a relationship with God, then I wanna lead you in a prayer. And so on the count of three, Without hesitation, I want you to raise your hand as a sign of saying, hey, would you include me in that prayer? One, two, three. Yeah, I see your hand, I got you, I got you, I got you, I'm proud of you. If you raised your hand, I want you to pray something like this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry I've lived my life without you. Come live inside me, change me, make me brand new. I surrender my whole life to you and I choose to follow you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said? Come on, church. Can we clap our hands and celebrate with those that just made that decision? Come on, it's so awesome. We are legit so proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.